0: Christian, I'm Brad Mason. I am here again with my lovely but tired wife, Natasha Mason. Hello. She has just come off of eight days of work, so uh, it's a long stretch for her and she is with us today in body, I think in spirit. She's asleep right now, but, um, but she's here with us and we're glad to have her with us on the podcast. Glad to have you. (laughs) <laughs> so we uh we come back with this episode um we're still working on some new things that we want to try and talk about uh that take a tremendous amount of study um and finding time to do that in between working can really be um kind of difficult. So uh if you're with us so far on this episode you're up to this point you kind of know that uh this is not what we what we do for a living. Uh, we don't get to podcast for a living. We're not on the radio or uh, television or anything like that. So we do this uh, in between uh, work and all of our children, and finding time can be... um tiring sometimes i think we we sit down to do these podcasts and i'll look at her and i say you want to you want a podcast today and she'll be like (laughs) this look of joy upon her face like she is just excited and rip-roaring and ready to go um and and it's tough you know so you get the, the the value of listening to us without actually having to participate which is really nice um but for us we have a good time doing it and we really uh just get a good blessing out of it so today i just kind of um not really uh, coming with a real strong subject matter, I guess. Um, really listening and thinking over the weekend um, about um, we've talked about the truth. Does it matter? Does the truth matter? Um, but I think you know one of the things I have to ask is, um, can we be honest? If I had to if I had to say that was going to be a title of this episode, it would be, "Can we be honest?" Um, and really, I want to come at this from a different perspective, perhaps as um, honest about our Christianity, honest about our belief structures honest about um, uh, what we believe and who we believe and all these things um, so there's this big thing going around currently and we've we've mentioned Bethel on a previous podcast that we've had um, and it seems like this past week that there's been a lot of different churches and groups pick it up not from our podcast but seeing and hearing the same things that we've we've seen and heard um, and so there's a lot of uh, conversation going on about churches um that have put away their music, said so we're not going to sing the Bethel music anymore, we're not going to sing Hillsong, we're not going to participate in any of, their, um, any of Bill Johnson's books, the, the uh, leader of Bethel or uh, the gentleman, I can't even think of the guy's name from Hillsong, Australia. Um, But really putting a lot of that stuff to the side and saying, we're not going to deal with those things anymore. And it really comes out of the perspective of um, wanting to be biblically accurate, wanting to have this accuracy in their church and wanting to root out anything that was a false doctrine. Um, And so it kind of leads me back to the I think those things are great because we're supposed, to, um, we're supposed to be very protective of what we believe. We're not supposed to entertain. The Bible says if anyone comes to your home and they're preaching a different gospel, that we're not even supposed to allow them into our house. We're supposed to turn them away at the door. And really it lays out this idea that we're supposed to be very protective about the gospel uh, that we believe. And when it comes down to it, it really, if we all uh, were asked the question... <laughs> Um, are we being honest with ourselves? Because, you know, a lot of these conversations these people are having about this are not making, it's not making non-Christians upset and it's not making, um, people from Bethel upset and it's not making the Hillsong people upset. It's really upsetting the people that are in these churches that are hearing this. And it's not because they can argue against, um, what they're hearing. It's not that they can argue against, um, the, uh, the 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 um, uh, I don't even know how to say it, really the the false gospel, the prosperity gospel. Now they can argue about this, not, not even that they really believe in that. It's that they have allowed these things to come in their lives and it has become part of what I like and what I do. And so when it comes down to it, the real question is is as Christians, do we have the ability to be honest with ourselves enough to step back and to really evaluate, um some of these things i mean what do you think about
1: that mm. Some people, know I don't think that they have that ability because they don't have that ability in their normal everyday lives.
0: Well, no, I, and I agree with that. I think, especially in the church, though, but we're supposed to be, the Scripture tells us to try the spirits to see what sort they are. Um, when someone comes to us, and, and the Bible says that um, if they come preaching anything other than Jesus Christ and Christ crucified, that they're not of Christ, they're not of God. Um, the Bible says there's two different realms of believer. There's the uh, the children of God, children of the devil. So there's, no, there's two different groups of people at work there. There's two different Powers at play in the world.
1: Well, I don't think the black and the white area is the problem. It's the blended gray in the middle, where people want to float around in and not really be on one side in the black or one side in the white.
0: Right, well, I agree with that. So, as a Christian, because we we both grew up in the church and things like that, and I get accused of this. I've been accused of it before myself. Um, do, is there a can we take our relationship with God at any point? too seriously. Do you think that's a thing? No. Okay. So if we can't take it too seriously, is it possible that we could go the other direction where we don't take it serious enough? Yes. Okay. So we have we have this too, and this is kind of what you're saying. Um the that's people what
1: leads to the gray areas.
0: Absolutely. The people who uh don't want to have to deal with the fundamental truths of the Bible. They like to live in the gray area because then I can have Jesus and I can have everything else in the world. I can have enough to save me, but I don't have enough to make me responsible, right? So they don't have to go out and witness, and, and they don't have to go out and testify, and they don't have to go out and uh, represent Christ wherever they go. Um, they have enough Jesus in their heart that they're saved, or this is the way we see it, is that we're saved, but we don't necessarily. You know, I saw someone today, they were walking, and uh, they had a pair of jeans on. It was a lady, and she was walking through the grocery store, and she had a pair of jeans on. And on the backside of the jeans was a big cross on the back pocket. And, and I, and I was just like, and it, you know, me and these things, it's just iconography. I think people, uh, they see it as a good luck charm, but I really thought it's a really bizarre place to have a cross would be on your, on your bottom, on your back part where you're going to sit. Um, and, and I didn't, you know, I didn't engage with this person at all, but I guarantee if you would have asked them in any way, they would have been like, Oh yeah, I believe it, you know, in something. Um, but this is the callousness that we have for what we believe. It's, it's honestly, I, and and I have to deal with this in my own life, to where, um, you know, at times because Natasha knows me, I love to joke around. I pick a lot, and there are times when I have to stop and 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 think about, you know, the dumb things that I'm going to say. I have to really evaluate: am I am I doing the right thing? Am I saying the right thing? Am I making God look bad through my behavior, my actions, my words, and my deeds? And there's a lot of Christians who would look at that and say, "Oh, you're taking it way too serious. You're taking this whole." Jesus thing just too seriously. And and the question I'm really asking is, do we have the ability? I mean, the body of Christ, if you're listening to this episode, the question I present to you is, do you really have the ability to step back and be honest with yourself? Because this podcast that we're getting, the further along we go with this, I've really tried to avoid some really difficult subjects because it's going to upset some people if we start talking about factual information from the Bible. If we talk about the facts of the scripture, someone is going to get upset. And it's not upset based upon the fact that I'm wrong. It's based upon the fact that you don't like it, right? I mean, honestly.
1: Well, I think in general, people don't like to be told that Correct. they're doing something maybe not right. And it makes people immediately get defensive. And very a very select few amount of people can actually take constructive criticism well.
0: I agree with that. But as as believers, I, I I just have a hard time with that because as believers we're supposed to desire to know the things of God. We're supposed to desire and hunger for the things of the Lord.
1: Well, it's the same concept when I tell the children, you are a representation of this household when you step outside the store. So we're not going to look like we just rolled out of a trash can because if people see you on the street, they're going to think, "Hmm. I bet they don't really nobody really cares about them. Nobody's really watching over them." Because that's what people, th- people, this whole society is based on initial impressions that people have.
0: Right. I agree with that. And I think we have to, um, but that says a lot about our relationship with God, right? Um, because he is our father and he sets those expectations. I, someone was saying, um, you know, uh, they were talking about false gospel and false doctrine. And, uh, it was a sermon I, I listened to today. And this man said, if you want to know how to, uh, differentiate what is true and what is not true, what do you have to know?
1: The truth.
0: Right. And where do you find that? In the Bible. There you go. So the the simple fact of the matter is we can't wait on someone else like me and you or a pastor at a church to tell you what is true or not. You need to know the Word of God because the only way we're going to figure out what is going on in the world and the only way we're going to figure out what is going on with um, doctrinal positions is if we know what the Word of God says.
1: Well, that's taken into um, account believing that people... Actually believe that the word
0: uh, Now we're getting to the root of it right
1: uh, You have to know where people are coming from
0: Right we have to Well, uh, Again um, Do it,
1: you think that the Bible is the word of God Period Period. There's, there's no uh, addendum at the end.
0: Are you sure? There's no asterisk to say possibly could be Quran or something else. No, I agree with that 100%. Um, and this is some of the things that you hear in the world. There are plenty of people who don't believe that the word of God. There was a, there was one lady who wrote a book. I can't remember her name, but she wrote a book. And in the book that she said uh, that she believed that in the sufficiency, this is something big, sufficiency of the scripture. Sufficiency of the scripture means that the word of God is all that I need. It's the complete word of God. It's all I need. I don't need any new revelation. I don't need anything else. This is everything I need to know. And that's the way God has has set it up for us. This is all we need to know about God. This is everything. This is our life. This is our hope and our faith, and everything is here. And in, in this book that she wrote, the lady said— um uh, you know, I believe in the sufficiency of scripture, uh, but it's still just not enough. And so I asked God for a new revelation because she was never she wasn't satisfied completely with what the word of God has to offer. Now, there's questions that we all have that we want to know the answer to that are not in the Bible. You know, I want to know, was there a time gap between Genesis 1 and Genesis uh, Genesis 1, 1 and Genesis 1, 2? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness upon the face of the deep. Right. So we know there's an and And, you know, it's one of those things like it seems like there could have been a gap between when you created everything and when you created man and all of life. It did that— that's not in there. I'm not going to find that, but I'm not going to go to God and say, your scripture, your word is not sufficient for my needs. Um, You need to give me more revelation. And sadly, that's what we want. I think that's what a lot of people want. We want God to give us something extra, something special. Um, This is why these mega churches are on the rise. This is why these these people are absolutely enthralled with the, uh, the, the guy who gets up there and really tells you everything you want to hear. He's not giving you the word of God. He's giving you something that you've been, please tell me something. Tell me God is going to make me wealthy and rich And that I need to prepare myself Tell me that if I sow a seed If I go ahead and sow a seed of faith Of $50 on Sunday Well, you know.
1: he's, he's taking his life coach speech And sprinkling a smidge of the Bible over it And calling it, you know, preaching
0: Absolutely. And, and, and we, we are in the generation, you know, I, I had this discussion on Facebook on uh, a gentleman I used to follow. I don't follow him anymore um, because he's just really gone further to the uh, charismatic far side of belief than I'm willing to go. And I don't want to engage in arguments and things like that. Um, but this is the kind of the, the the engagement that I had with some people is just this non-belief of, it doesn't matter if you have proof. It doesn't matter if you can prove what you're saying. It doesn't matter to me because, I don't feel that way. Um, I had one lady say, you know, um, well, that's not how that song means. That's not what it means to me. That's not how it makes me feel about God. And I'm like, doesn't really matter how you feel. doesn't matter how the song makes you feel. The intent of what this per- person wrote is completely different than the way you're taking it. So, you know, we look at uh, intent. So anyway, beyond all that, I want to get back kind of to the scripture because we do have some verses to go over here. First John chapter four, and this is going to tell us a little bit. I want to read a little bit of, of scripture to us about uh um, um, really, what are we supposed to do? And so this is really dealing with the um, watching out for false teachers because this is big. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false preachers or prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby I know you the Spirit of God. every spirit that cometh that Jesus Christ, every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. Because there's going to be, the Bible says we're testing these spirits. So the spirits that come and confess that Jesus Christ in the flesh, he is of God. That is that spirit. So it says in verse 3, and every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. So if you have anybody that's coming along and telling you that Jesus himself, this is um, one of my friends that wanted me to do a podcast on um, kenosis, the idea that Jesus forsook. All of his deity and became complete man, devoid of all of his godliness. He became complete man and was able to accomplish all God's works through his um, ability as a man. Um, so that's what kenosis is. This is what Bethel teaches is that because Jesus was completely man and was able to heal the sick and raise the dead, because you're completely man, if you put your faith in God, you can do the same works that he did. So it, it's the idea that you're a little G, you're a little God, just like he was. He was completely devoid of the deity and the power of God, but he was still through his manly flesh somehow able to do all these miracles. So this is where they're coming from. This is the idea that uh, that is being pushed out on us. And the scripture says here, in uh, 1 John chapter four, uh, verse three, that every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God, and this is that spirit of Antichrist. Wherefore ye have heard that it should come, and even now already it is in the world. So it's interesting when this was written. He says the spirit of Antichrist was already in the world. The spirit, these these um these people, these spirits that are out here telling uh, people that Jesus is not of God, that he was just a man wasn't really that big of a deal, but you can be just like he was. Um, So verse 4, it says, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. We are of God. He that knoweth God hears us. He that is not of God heareth us not. Hereby knoweth we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Uh, Verse 7, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifest the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. So we see that, you know, the Scripture talks about a couple things and identifying how we can, um, you know, how we can see these these false prophets and false teachers. Um, And it's really interesting because I think, you get to the point to where we start identifying some of these people that are around us, some of these people that are in the world, some of these churches that are out there and some of the heresies and the doctrines that they're teaching. And if if we start to kind of, um, root those things out of our lives, the one thing that we have to find ourselves grounded in is the Word of God. Because we're not going to know it otherwise. You're not going to know, um, you know, there's these vehicles out here that are flex fuel, right? It's a car that can run on ethanol or gasoline. You wouldn't know that if you never read the handbook. Most of the time, they look just like every other vehicle. Um, And this is the same thing with the Word of God. You might not be able to discern between what is of the Lord and what is not of the Lord because they all sound similar. Sometimes there's enough truth, they ingrain enough truth um, into it to really um, to really get your attention. Um, I was thinking back about the David Koresh and the Branch Davidians. Uh, one of the things that really worked in his favor was that he kept telling them Arma- Armageddon's coming. It's in the Bible. You can read it the government is going to come and kill us. And the go- and he said all these things, right? And so the people were inclined to believe him, but they weren't quite sure. And then the government rolls in, and they have a gun battle, and they all die. So in that moment, to them, he was absolutely 100% correct because he told us this was coming. It was in the Bible. Um, even though he distorted the truth and what they knew, uh, they they saw some of it unfolding in front of them. So when it comes to people and and what is right and wrong, you know, I really definitely want to give the believers, people listening to the podcast, I want to encourage you to keep your, don't keep your mind open to sin, but keep your heart open to the Lord. Always be willing to listen to something different. Um, I had someone one time, I told him, uh, and I'll say this on the podcast, I don't care. I told him I didn't celebrate Christmas anymore. And this guy flat out told me to my face that I was denying Jesus because I didn't celebrate Christmas. And I said, those two things don't really have anything to do with each other. And he's like, no, you're denying Jesus's birth. And I said, I'm not saying Jesus wasn't born. I'm not saying we shouldn't celebrate the birth of Christ. I am saying, however, that it wasn't December 25th. It has nothing to do with this Christmas tree that you have in your home. You've got a Christmas tree. The pagan has a Christmas tree. The lost man has a Christmas tree. Tell me how this tree is defined differently between all three of you. There's no difference. It's the same to the world as it is to you because well, it's
1: Jesus is the reason for the season.
0: Uh, well, that is debatable as well. <laughs> Jesus is the reason for everything, right? But that's not in the Word of God. We don't find this specific holiday in the Word of God. And so, you know, and so he looks at me and he's like, Well, you're just taking that too serious. You're just taking it too literal. And I'm like, but don't you want that? Don't you want that accuracy in your life? Don't you want that knowledge, uh, that truth, that level of, I want that level of truth in my life. And maybe it'll drive me crazy trying to get there. Um, but there's some things that we need to put away that the world hugs onto. And and, you know, you hear people, it kills me. I will just pick on Christmas real quick at the end of this episode. Uh, But you hear people every year, they whine about Christmas because it's too
1: Commercial. Oh
0: man. Every per oh, it's so commercial. You gotta <clears throat> buy so much stuff and you gotta go get more stuff and you gotta you know and it's funny because it's just like, well, then stop doing it. Stop being a. Stop participating in that. Stop giving. I mean, it's nice to give to your family and friends,
1: but, but it's expected now.
0: It may be expected, but sometimes it's it's worth you know lowering the expectation a little bit. Let's bring the bar down some, right? Uh, but I mean, there's really this. There has to be a difference between who we are and, and who the world is. Uh, and yes, we could say, well, they got Santa Claus, we got Jesus. Why do we have to be a counter for everything? Why does there have to be an opposite to what they're doing?
1: And on a side note, can I say? Uh, my husband's biggest pet peeve is a Christmas tree in the church. Oh
0: God, I don't want to get into that. You got it up on the. <laughs> God. Mm. But it, 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 yeah, you're right. It does drive me a little crazy because it's again, and and you know it's it's sweet and all that we want to tell ourselves. It's evergreen because it means the everlasting love of God. Or you know, we can make up all these things. That's fine. Um, but anyway, that is all. That's in the seeking the truth uh, episodes. We're going to be doing a podcast. More We're going to gonna, we'll get on to Christmas a little bit and talk about that. But really the whole goal, and I'm sure somebody has done turn the episode to turn this episode off because they're upset. And that's the point is that eventually, you know, you always heard, used to hear the old country preacher. He's like, I'm going to step on some toes this morning. And you knew what that meant? You knew, oh, he's going to hit somebody in the heartstrings and they're going to feel this sermon that he's getting ready to preach. And sometimes um, that reproof that the Bible talks about, we're supposed to reprove each other. We're supposed to edify one another. We're supposed to encourage one another and lift one another up. And um, you know, it's what's wrong with him?
1: But how do you get? How do you ever get better? How if, do you ever get if, better or what? How do you ever get better or improve if you're if people's always walking around being like, "Oh, you're fabulous," or well, you yeah, no, don't, you're don't absolutely change nothing right.
0: you do. You're absolutely right. Well, and but we as believers, I think American. And if you're not in America, you're outside the country, and you probably have a different understanding of Christianity than we do here. Um, Americans have become so comfortable with their Christianity and we've become so uh, it's just so cozy and we put warm it on and snugly when and, we want to right. we take
1: it off when we want to. And
0: we give you know we give our money to somebody, you, ooh, people are poor in, in another country and you're gonna go be a missionary. Ooh yeah here's here's some money. Go away. Go do that. So we we give it to somebody else to do, you know. Um, we let our pastors and our preachers and our teachers go out here and witness because that's too much trouble, and I'm really God doesn't want me to do that, and I don't feel really comfortable talking to other people about this subject. And, and I've said, and I'm going to throw this out at the end of this episode. We're here at the end of the episode, I promise. I'll throw this out at the end of the episode. Um, I, I'm going to say uh, maybe you'll get mad at me, but if you are not willing to talk about Jesus with someone. Uh, family friends co-worker person on the street if you're not willing to do that then you really need to assess your relationship with who he is um, because you can't ever find anyone you'll not you know I was watching a lady today on tv talking about um, Auschwitz and uh, the holocaust and she was more than happy to sit down and talk about all these people who died so she would survive she was more than happy to talk about the six million who died there in Auschwitz or, or in the holocaust so people wouldn't forget um, but we have something even greater than that we have a Messiah who saved the, the world from its sin. And all it has to do is turn and repent from that sin. And he, and not only that, but he gave me everlasting life. You know, he's my hope and he's everything that I ever want. Um, and if I'm afraid or ashamed to talk about the gospel, then I really have to guess, you know, I really, I would wonder myself if I even had it, to be honest with you, um, because it's one of the most life giving things. I think it's giving, just like giving water to, to someone who was dying of thirst um, giving someone the gift of God, giving someone the Word of God, um, speaking that into their life, man—you give them something they never had. So, this is really why we, you know, we do the podcast is because we want to encourage you. And it's not to pick on things. I know that sounds like we're picking on something there.
1: Well, um, you know, this this little lot of mine. Uh, We're trying to let it shine
0: Yeah, exactly So hopefully, you know, this stirs a little conversation We're going to get back into uh, the Bible study We'll have um, uh, Acts We're doing Acts, for some reason I'm thinking in Romans We're doing Acts chapter 13 uh, this week So check that out We're also uh, going to be starting uh, probably uh, Thursday of this week We'll have a new uh, episode out called Seeking the Truth And we're going to look at the Sabbath Uh, One of the most important days, I think, in the Bible And we're going to nail it down from Genesis. Genesis. And we're going to see where the Sabbath started. When is the Sabbath? Has it ever changed? And if it did change, who was responsible for that change? Um, So we hope that you'll come back for that episode, uh, Seeking the Truth, be a new series that we do on the podcast. As for now, we hope you have a great week and God continues to bless you.
1: Bye.